This episode of The Citadel Cafe is brought to you by listeners like you. Visit patreon.com slash the Citadel Cafe to find out how you can become a patron and help make this show possible. This is the Citadel Cafe, episode number 444 for Tuesday, not Wednesday, but Tuesday, June 21st, 2022. My name is Joel Duggan, and the Citadel Cafe is where my friends and I hang out to talk about geeky stuff that we are into. Joining me this week, Ryan Murphy is back, last seen on episode 439 back in April. You can find him at rmurphy and all the social media that matters, as well as the Gamers In podcast, Dungeons and Diapers, and Zombies Ate My Podcast. Welcome back, my friend. Thank you. It's good to be back. Uh, it's also good to have the counter right on, on the notes there, because I know we always bring it up, and then we spend a few <laughs> minutes trying to search the website. I might have done uh, that on purpose. And I was curious myself, kind of like, when when was Ryan last on the show? I knew it was recently, because we talked about some stuff on Apple TV+, and I've only had that for a couple months. Right. Yeah. No, and yeah, April, man, it, it feels like a while ago, but uh it's only a couple months ago so not too shabby i am happy to be back though uh lots of video game stuff to discuss heading into the summer and the fall and all that so like obviously lots to unpack and weirdly coming into this outside of minecraft for you know obvious reasons with the spawn chunks podcast and my own streaming schedule on the weekends i really haven't been playing many other video games i i think the last one i played was probably forza horizon 5 and it might have even been back in April when when you and I last spoke, because I'm sure I had some things to say about it. But um, I just, for whatever reason, have not had the inclination to just get into a video game. I'm, I always seem to be like just finishing the dishes or something like that at like 830 at night. I'm just tired. Like, I just don't want to start something. I'm not in the middle of any games, you know, like I I mean, well, that's kind of a fib. I'm in the middle of Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I say middle, I've started it. So I don't have to start from the absolute beginning. But it's been so long since I've even played that, that I'd have to like, it would take me a while and a lot of brain power to kind of like get my head back in the story, you know? And uh, I have one on my list, uh, which was recommended. And um, once I found out that it had a story mode, um, Jedi Fallen Order is something that I, I'm going to try because I've been watching Kenobi and I want some some extra Star Wars in my life. But uh, I, ju- I just haven't had like, the gusto to sit down and try something new, which is weird because the weather around here has been shit. <laughs> like it's been rain almost every day and it's a perfect video game, you know, excuse, but I, I, ju- I just haven't pulled the, pulled the trigger. So but like before we get into the upcoming gaming news, cause uh, Xbox had their June showcase uh, a week or two ago. What have you like, what's, what have you been doing? Like, what have you been spending your time this spring playing? Oh, what have I been playing this spring? You know, it's, it's funny. It's it's kind of a blur uh, in terms of video games because there's not there's not a lot of like big titles um, releasing these days. It's a lot of smaller titles, and um, obviously played a lot of Horizon Forbidden West, and I and I think we talked about that uh, mm-hmm. on the April yep. show. Um, but I wrapped that one up. Uh, I've been playing. I'm looking forward to a couple games coming out pretty soon. But yeah, over the last couple months, um, it's 
it's funny. I'm trying to think back. Uh, a lot of Game Pass games, you know, jumping between Game Pass games uh, and whatnot. And it's funny. I could probably just I've I've got my gamers in notes up here <laughs> for for a show I'm recording uh, tonight. Actually, well, you know, here's one that that entered my brain. Uh, Rogue Legacy Two. I've been playing that one. Um, it just exited early access. It's a rogue like or rogue light. I, sh- I always try to have the Steam description up here whenever there's a rogue light or a rogue like. I'm talking about this way I get it right. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I've been enjoying that one. It's it's a follow up to one of the first rogue likes that I really got into. Um, it's made. Uh, it's actually. Uh, it's it's made in Toronto actually, so it's a Canadian game as well, and it's a lot of fun. It's it's a great like jump in, do one run, feel like you progressed, jump out. You know, if you have like 15, 20 minutes, uh, there's a lot of checkpointing there as well. And and that's one I've kind of been chipping away at over the last uh, couple months. And I've also been playing 13 Sentinels, which just launched um, on Switch in April. We've been doing a game club for the Gamers Inn and we're about 10 weeks in now. So we're nearing the end of our adventure and it's been really interesting to play around with the format of this game club we're doing where each week we actually have a um, Jim who's helping us, Jimmy the Shovel in our Discord who's been helping us. He's played the game before, released years ago on PS4 and he's kind of been guiding us week to week, um, setting up the story completion checkpoints that we get to and then um, basically giving us our homework each week. And as we complete it in 13 Sentinels, um, we then jump into Discord every Sunday morning in which he will open up a new discussion thread for us to talk about that chunk of gameplay and also give us additional homework for the next week. And like I said, it's a it's a very narrative-based game where at the start you have no idea what's going on and slowly they're unraveling uh, this mystery upon mystery. And now that we're in week 10, uh, we we kind of have a we think a pretty good idea of what's going on, but I feel like there's still plenty of chances for things to uh, uh, surprise us, but it's been, it's been a lot of fun and that's kind of been taking up uh, some extra game time of mine over the last uh, couple months. And it's been, it's been a lot of fun. It's uh, 13 Sentinels, Aegis Rim. It's on PS4. It'll run on your PS5. That's where I'm playing. And it's also newly available on Nintendo switch. So you can pick it up on the go as well. Sounds like a good thing to play on on mobile on Switch, you know, like on a, on a console that you can take around with you. Like you don't need to be sitting in like a big living room, you know, set up for it. No, it's it's so there are two components to the game. There's the visual novel sort of component where you are kind of walking around, interacting with characters. There's some light puzzle solving as you try to figure out how to, you know, navigate through uh, the different scenes. So you're, you're given sort of a flow chart and it'll tell you like, OK, to navigate into this sort of part of the flow chart, you have to have this information and you have to um, transition in a specific way by bringing up this specific piece of information. I'm, I'm trying to stay light on because there's a lot of spoilers and, and, and even trying to explain it, it probably won't make, doesn't even make sense to me and I'm still playing the game. I'm trying to figure it all out. There's a lot of weirdness going on, but uh, it's, it is a fun game. And so, yeah, the one component, the visual novels, I've been actually playing through those uh, remotely on my iPad mini just with touchscreen controls, uh, remote playing from the PS5. And that allows me to just have my AirPods in and kind of cue through the conversation as I listen to it. Sort of like a like a podcast that I'm slowly working my way through. 
Um, but then there are battles as well, which are more tactical, but again, nothing too intense that you couldn't play it on your switch or in my case, play it remotely, uh, via the tablet, but it's, you're right. It's not really something that requires like that big screen approach. Um, but there are these moments, uh, where, you know, in battles where you might want additional control via controller or something, but yeah, I hear really good things about the switch port. I, I approached you about a month ago, I guess, when I first heard about the Xbox showcase that was happening on the 12th, which I think focused mostly on Bethesda stuff, but there's been some other news since then. Uh, and this is, I mean, something I'm always keeping my eye on because I'm, I'm into all this nerdy stuff. But since I bought the Xbox Series X uh, a little over a year ago, I've been paying more attention specifically to the Xbox titles and the stuff that might be cool to experience on a next gen or current gen, I guess I should say console. Uh, so I have a couple of things that stood out to me, um, but I'm curious about what you think kind of stood out for you from, from the showcase. Yeah. So for Xbox, there's a lot of, there was a lot of like non Microsoft stuff that really stood out to me. Cause here's the thing. When you have a major console manufacturer, um, you know, PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo, the go-to for excitement is what is what is that platform holder creating? Uh, and in in this case, I think for the first time, I think Xbox has been able to get everyone excited about stuff that may not solely fall into the Halos and the Gears of War buckets mm. of Microsoft. Um, so you had like a lot of Game Pass games, and that's how they kind of tie it in to the Xbox ecosystem through um, the promise of day one on Game Pass, uh, maybe even uh, exclusive to Xbox as a console exclusive. But, you know, you had you had some Blizzard stuff, which was present in the show as if the purchase had already been approved. Um, obviously, Microsoft is committed to buying Activision Blizzard, but it has not made it through all the approvals yet. But it really felt like they had integrated those announcements as if they weren't even moving away from xbox owned studios uh so i thought that was interesting we got a, another look at diablo 4 um a look at overwatch 2 which is going to be launching in the fall uh, as a beta uh free to play but you know the the biggest surprise for me that i think game pass speaks to really well is high on life which is uh, a game that's being done by the i think the co-creator the co-director of rick and morty um, oh, yeah, it's I saw essentially, the that. <laughs> yeah, it, you know, that game, it's not normally one that I'd be interested in. And I know they've done games before. They've done a couple of VR projects, uh, which I have not played, but this game, it's like the perfect game pass game, because if you're not sure about it, like myself, you know, I like Rick and Morty. I think it's okay, but, uh, I haven't really seen them sort of apply that comedy slash visual approach to a video game uh that i've that i've played it that i've played actually i should say and i think for high on life like i like the idea it kind of reminds me of um uh the strangers wrath game that came out a while ago from ea under the uh odd world banner and it's kind of like you have a bunch of these living guns and you're trying to traverse the world with all these weird and wacky characters and abilities as well it just looks like a lot of fun and was kind of it was a surprise and i think if it weren't for game pass i, I think a lot of folks like myself would probably be like ah yeah i'll check that out maybe later but i think with game pass i'm i'll check it out day one um and that one's coming out 
in October, which is nice because a lot of the experiences uh, in previous years was like no date attached. 2023 if you're lucky, <laughs> you know? Yeah. There was another game that I played that High on Life reminded me of, and I'm struggling to remember the name of it, but it was a very colorful combination shooter platformer thing. It reminded me of the Outer Worlds, maybe, but it wasn't the Outer oh. Worlds because Outer Worlds was serious. Like other uh, Outer Worlds was more of a story shooter thing, um, but it it had it had a lot of humor to it. Uh, it had a lot of like you cra- you crashed on a planet and you were trying to collect different organisms and things and you're trying to rebuild your your ship and you need a different you know you do, needed to kind of explore and get to different parts of the world and there was a there was this um it was a combination of live action video kind of like video vhs tape of like this corporation and it was like goop or gorp or some sort of like purple goo <laughs> that was okay. like everything it was like fuel it was food it was like, it was just this ridiculous over the top stuff but high on life kind of reminded me of that i wasn't so sure about the visuals i kind of was expecting it to look sharper than the game mm-hmm. play, play trailer but um i had to actually um i didn't get to see all of the um showcase but i found a, an issue with the um youtube compression uh it was like it was in 1080p which is fine but i found that it was a lot of there's a lot of like artifacting and stuff so anytime they were showing like a spooky game or anything that was kind of dark all i got was like weird gray pixels where it was supposed to obviously be black or dark or smoky or creepy and i was like this is not this is not looking very good um so i decided well i'll just i'll go and look at the trailers another time and the one time i watched the high on life trailer it was like during the presentation so i haven't gone out and watched it on like its own little standalone video on youtube which is probably a slightly better looking but um but yeah it, that's the kind of thing that would be right up my alley like you said perfect game pass game that's why i have game pass because i would look at something like that and if it was asking for, for a purchase price i'm just like nah, i don't know if i'd really drop you know 40 to 60 dollars or more on that kind of title but if it's included in game pass uh yeah i'm gonna load it up and try it out sure you know i think that's uh where a lot of folks are seeing game pass as an opportunity to get more eyes on their games uh and and still be across other platforms as well i'm i don't believe high on life is exclusive to xbox it'll come to pc it'll come to playstation and you know, I think it's just good for there's been a lot of discussion about whether Game Pass is good for developers or not. And, and you've seen developers weigh in and say, yes, it's great. And you've seen developers weigh in and say, no, it's not that great. And I think it it's it varies game to game. Um, but for you and I, I think High on Life wouldn't be right up there on our radar if it weren't for the ability to check it out day one on Game Pass. And there's there is a lot of those titles from Xbox that they are going to fit into that category. I think Flintlock was another one I didn't know anything about. Um, and it's sort of like the I believe like more of a steampunk um, magic fantasy game uh, that got announced. Uh, Last Case of Benedict Fox, which is more of a side scrolling puzzle platformer game with some abilities that look to be close to Ori in the Blind Forest. Um, it looks like a lot of fun too. Like there was just, it was a good mixture of big, you know, updates and big new entries into, you know, beloved franchises. And then sort of sparsed in between that was a lot of these smaller titles that get the highlight 
on the showcase, but also get that bump from Game Pass as well. And, and uh, you know, on your note of, of the streaming compression, like I think YouTube live streaming doesn't do a lot of this stuff justice. Uh, you know, going back into the Xbox uh, system or even finding the trailer again on YouTube uh, that has been uploaded, I feel like you get a better idea. And, you know, I have not gone back and watched uh, a lot of these smaller titles again. I just feel like, we're at an age where the live streaming events outside of maybe Nintendo stuff, because the Nintendo stuff is still technically a generation of consoles behind. I find the streaming stuff doesn't necessarily do the actual, you know, look and feel of the game justice, because if you go and watch it again, non um, live streamed, you know, HD 4k trailer that gets it a little bit closer to what Mm -hmm. you experience with the final product. I mean, I, and I say that, and uh, one of the things that stood out for me from the presentation was the new information about Starfield, and that looked good. Like, I, I didn't feel that that was was like a choppy presentation or that the video was wasn't um, wasn't the best. But it it was also a longer presentation. It was also gameplay, so you there was a lot more going on. It wasn't like a a slow cinematic trailer. You know, there was a lot of kind of like cuts to different things and. Um, I thought it looked cool. Uh, it's definitely been something on my radar for a while. I hope it's more than just Skyrim in space because I found Skyrim to be pretty slow. So, you know, I, I'm looking for something maybe more from that. But I mean, the game features that they were talking about, like customizing your character with all the different options and the ship, the ship customization, I thought was really interesting in that uh, where it's all modular, they're they're going to allow you to to build your own ship or customize your own ship, which is cool because that means that you're not going to just run into somebody else in the galaxy that has like another ship that looks just like yours. You know, maybe at first when everybody at a certain level only has like a certain amount of components. But as that expands, as people get farther in the game, I think it's going to be interesting that things look so different. Um, I, I'm curious about the art style. Like I'm finding that the you know, the, the space sim sort of side of it, it, it doesn't look so far in the future, you know, like it doesn't, it doesn't look like things are super, super sci-fi. It looks that it's more like near future sci-fi where the ships are obviously, you know, more modern and, and more futuristic than what we have currently in 2022, but they still look like they're made of like metal and glass. And the, you know, they're, they're not going so far as to go like, esoteric with like you know organism ships or or weird kind of like you know things things are all attached nothing kind of hovers with like some sort of force field holding it on you know what i mean like everything seems to be pretty um also gray that's the only thing that i'm a little bit concerned about is that when you do watch the trailer like it's an awful lot of gray (laughs) like there's not a lot of color in anything um i like the idea that they talked about having like a thousand planets or more um, some of them are procedurally generated. Some of them are like, you know, half and half or fully sculpted or, or fully rendered and planned. And then others like, well, yeah, you can go into the wilderness and it's going to be kind of like a more of a random experience, but this city is going to be like the same city that everyone kind of runs into. You're, you're all going to be ex- experience this developed and planned and, you know, kind of like walking into Stormwind or something like that in, in world of Warcraft, you know, it's, it's, it's very finite. Um, so I thought that was interesting. The one thing that I, I got from the the story bits in the trailer, though, were that it has a lot of striking similarities to No Man's Sky uh, in terms of like there's a giant 
uh, artifact and we don't know what it does and we're all trying to figure out what's going on and solve the mystery of the universe and it even looks kind of the same as No Man's Sky and some of the things in terms of what you do and you know, I understand that like it's a space sim, so sure it's going to have some similarities to No Man's Sky. But I, I was really surprised at just how similar like the main kind of plot point in the trailer was. Like, there's a mysterious floating artifact, and we don't know what it is, and we're not sure how old it is, and you have to figure out what's going on. And I'm just like, really, we're doing this again? So I, I'm not sure. I'm I'm hoping the multiplayer aspect of it is what's going to make that game more interesting. It feels like something I'm going to dig into. Uh, I don't know whether I'm going to play on Xbox or PC whether it'll have cross save, you know, uh, but it's, it's, I would say probably out of all the things that they, they presented, that was the one thing that I was like, yeah, you know what? I'll probably gonna, probably gonna play that. Cause a lot of the stuff, you know, didn't really land with me. Not that I think that they look like they're bad games. They're just not my kind of game, like Redfall, um, Pentiment, uh, Dusk Falls, like they, they're just not really my, my cup of tea. Um, the, the other one that uh, I'll mention briefly, because we did talk about this at length on um, the Spawn Chunks podcast, my show about Minecraft, was Minecraft Legends uh, is a, a strategy game that's coming out. Uh, and it's the Minecraft Legends Unite the Overworld is the the catch the catchphrase with it. And we don't really know much about it. The concept seems to be that it is like kind of a slightly different art style, all very still, you know, cubey and fun textures and stuff like that for, for Minecraft. But it's meant to be like a strategy game, you know, kind of like, um, an RTS with some tweaks, you know, you've, you've got control over your hero character. So there might be some kind of like Warcraft three vibes, I guess, uh, going into it where it's set in a, and supposed to be a time like before the current world that Minecraft players currently know as the overworld, which is like the grass and the mountains and the sheep and the cows and stuff. Uh, as well as zombies, creepers, and skeletons. But the idea behind the game is that you're supposed to unite all the different, you know, characters of the overworld to defend it from the characters of the nether, which are the piglin and the ghasts and the uh, zombies and and all kinds of other stuff. And uh, it looks interesting. I'm not sure about the the actual gameplay. I'm not sure how long it'll be around. Maybe it's not meant to be around for very long. Um, the developer is Blackbird Interactive, which was the same developer on Minecraft Earth, which didn't go so well. Um, one could argue that maybe it wasn't the best game. One could also say, well, it, it was a mobile game similar to Pokemon Go that required you to kind of go out in the world and collect stuff. And then the pandemic happened <laughs> you know, like six months later, which killed any kind of momentum that Minecraft Earth had, even if it was, you know, going well as a game on its own. So, uh, I, I don't know. Cause I, I don't like mobile games. The mobile games that get advertised to me constantly on Instagram all look the same. Uh, I'm always, you know, I, I find a lot of times I'm getting these very obviously paid for promotions by some influencers like, Oh, Hey, look, I know what I'm in the mood for. I'm in the mood to play battle tower seven and you're just kind of like really really you're in the mood to play battle tower seven you know it's, it's it's oh it's the worst it's the worst just it's the worst kind of advertisement ever like i click past it as fast as i can um anyway they all look the same and this i'm not saying that this looks exactly like that but if the gameplay is like that and if the developer is just taking existing rts systems and just like skinning it with minecraft it's people are going to be bored with it real quick um I'm hoping that 
uh, Minecraft Dungeons ha has the success of that game will kind of bleed over and that Legends will be something a little bit more fun. Um, but uh, yeah, the other and the last thing that stuck out to me was um, it's not really new. It's just a DLC stuff. It's a Forza Horizon 5 Hot Wheels. Um, it just looks silly, good, fun. Like it just you take all these crazy cool looking cars and the beautiful graphics of Forza Horizon 5 and then you're putting Hot Wheel tracks that are like the size of real roads around like it's just it's goofy arcade stuff and the fact that I enjoy the controls and I enjoy the graphics in Forza so much for whatever reason this just does, this doesn't ruin it for me like this is just like yeah sure why not it's it's a it's a 16 year old you know or, or 14 year old boys fantasy this game so like we might as well add hot wheels in there right like that's i think that's going to be a hoot yeah is that one coming to game pass because i know dlc's sometimes hit and miss with game pass i believe i saw it for game pass for july 19th 2022 I'll see if I can right. look that up, but I'm pr I'm pretty sure that I saw it because that was my first thought was like, that's cool. But it wasn't clear to me whether that is something I have to purchase or whether it's something that's coming to Game Pass. I mean, Forza Horizon 5 is already on Game Pass and I mean, it's winning war war uh, awards like left, right and center. So uh, I'm assuming that they would just kind of include that. But um, yeah, I'll double check. But I'm pretty sure it was July 19th. Mm hmm. I mean, it's always it's always tough, but I think even then, I think you get a discount by being a, a subscriber uh, right. to Game Pass. So, I'm I'm looking forward to that one. I think they did a they did a Hot Wheels expansion for Forza Four. It was well received. Um, Forza Five DLC looks even even crazier, and I and I feel like uh, I would I would love to check this one out. I did skip on the Forza Four DLC. But I would love to see this this Hot Wheels uh, DLC in action. It it looks super cool. There is save two fifty Canadian with Game Pass, so that that might might point towards that it is something that you have to buy. But they mean that that means that your grand total would be twenty two dollars if you want to add it. Um, release date is the nineteenth of July this year. Mm, I'm not seeing anything saying that it's included in Game Pass, so I guess I'll cross that bridge when it comes to it. Yeah, yeah. Even then, it's it's probably a a low dollar value to get in there. And if you've been enjoying Forza Five, uh, doesn't hurt to to pick it up. So the other thing that I noticed was a lot of um, Riot stuff uh, coming to Xbox, which I'm not. I mean, like I know of them. Uh, I mean, I like the Arcane series on Netflix, but like, I, I don't know hardly anything about uh, about Riot Games other than just the the normal kind of like you know nerddom circles that that I travel in. Um, have you tried Valorant at all? It seems like it's kind of like Riot's answer to Overwatch. Uh, I haven't. I have not played Valorant. Uh, it, it seemed to me like it was sort of a combination of Counter Strike and Overwatch, and sort of like a mix between mm. those two sort of genres and uh or not well takes on the genre i should say um but for me like that that riot announcement that's a pretty i i figured xbox would have some sort of value add to announce uh for xbox game pass ultimate and basically saying like similar to adding ea play cloud gaming they've now said hey riot games is basically going to give you the keys to their free-to-play kingdom um and allow you to unlock all heroes in League of Legends, Wild Rift, uh, get some stuff in their card game, and of course have access to all the heroes in Valorant. 
Um, for me, this announcement was really cool because as someone who watched that Arcane series and was like, oh man, I really want to check out some League of Legends games, uh, I immediately did not go to the PC League of Legends because I felt as though I would I would run away. I'm not a MOBA person. I like mm. being good at MOBAs, and I just figured it was probably not going to work with League of Legends, but their mobile version, Wild Rift, which is kind of a pared-down version of that game, more streamlined uh, for mobile, is also going to be coming to Xbox uh, at some point, probably alongside you know this stuff being added to Game Pass in the winter, and that's a fun one. If you if you want a more streamlined MOBA, you can kind of access all those heroes through Game Pass, and it's a lot of fun. Again, they're smaller, you know, bite-sized games, and uh, you know, you talked about mobile mobile games before. I feel like you're right. There are a lot of those like Battle Tower you know, fantasy RPG seven type experiences, but wild rift is really good. Um, I just, I feel like if you, if you want to avoid the touchscreen MOBA, it, it's, it's going to be, it's supposed to come to console at some point this year or, or next. So I would, I would say if you're going to check one of those out, that would be one that I would suggest. I think the last one that I played and enjoyed was heroes of the storm yeah. from, from blizzard, but that was a while ago. Like that was a, I think I was playing that on the Mac, so like I, I don't even think I had my gaming PC at that point. Um, I uh, I haven't really been keeping tabs on any of the Blizzard stuff, so I don't even Blizzard being purchased was news to me. I didn't know oh. that that was I didn't know that was a. I mean, I know I know they were owned by Activision, but I didn't realize that was it. You said Microsoft was buying them. Yeah, so Microsoft is is looking to purchase Activision Blizzard. It's the right. biggest, the, I think, at the time was the biggest video game acquisition announcement. That's like seventy some odd billion dollars, I think. Wow. Um. So yeah, Microsoft will, if it goes through, essentially own all the Blizzard IPs. Uh, they've they've talked about you know keeping. They don't want to split up communities. So like Call of Duty is going to stay multi platform. Uh, Diablo will stay multi-platform. Uh, Diablo 4 did get announced for the consoles Series X slash S and PS5 uh, at this showcase. That was that was brand new news. And, you know, but there will be exclusives that come from Activision Studios, Blizzard Studios uh, down the road, similar to Starfield. Uh, but at this stage, you know, they're, they're still working through the process of purchasing. Um, every day that changes, like some people say, oh, you know, it's not going to go through. And then other people are like, no, no, it's going to go through. And really nobody knows but the regulators mm. and, and Activision Blizzard, really, and Microsoft, I suppose, because they're footing the bill. But um, we're supposed to have a final word on that probably next summer. So, oh, OK. Uh, yeah, it, it'll be a little it'll be a little while longer. But I would I would anticipate seeing Activision Blizzard games arrive on Game Pass probably before that date similar to how bethesda games shortly after there was they made it through a few rounds of of sort of fact checking and making sure everything was good um they they did get they did get some games on game pass so uh yeah i wouldn't be surprised to see some older blizzard titles and activision titles uh arrive on game pass maybe starting next year Oh, yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, I, I see a lot of old stuff coming to Game Pass. Um, something that caught my eye. Again, I always feel strange where I'm just like, I'm actually looking to maybe play this. But like, I also feel like I own this fancy, you know, current generation console and playing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge <laughs> is not <laughs> necessarily the best use of the hardware. It's it's a definitely a pixel art kind of like side scroller brawler. 
um, yeah. similar similar to the arcade stuff because Turtles in Time was the other one um, that I remember playing. And I mean, like, I'll give it a go uh, in particular because it's one of those games that don't require you to think that hard. You know, like, for example, when I said earlier that, like, I haven't been playing much at night because I've been tired and I just can't get the headspace to get into a, like a new narrative or a new game and kind of learn all this new stuff. When you're playing something like Shredder's Revenge, like, like you're just mashing buttons, you know, like you have to remember punch, kick, block, you know, dodge, that kind of stuff. Um, so we'll see. But uh, yeah, I, I've not found much in the offerings for Xbox Game Pass the last little while. I had a list up here, but I, I feel like the it's not that the games are bad. They just they don't really appeal to me like Far Cry 5, uh, FIFA 22 uh assassin's creed origins did catch my eye but i haven't finished the one that i'm playing um (laughs) and then you know um plus i think i own origins on steam or you know one of the other pc platforms which is fine i mean i don't i'd rather play it on the console anyway um but all the the all of the game titles um grounded was another one that kind of like build your base kind of but you're like honey i shrunk the kids in the backyard and um i've seen enough of that on the beta testing playthrough that I, I think a bunch of streamers did that I, that I follow. And it was just like, it's fine. Like it's a neat concept, but the gameplay is nothing new. Like it's Minecraft in the backyard with big bugs. You know, like it, it didn't really at all uh, seem like anything new. It felt grindy as all hell. And it's like, I have Minecraft. I don't need, I don't need uh, a time sink. You know, like I, I need a little bit more, satisfaction and gratification out of you know any time i'm spending on the xbox but um so i haven't really dove into any recent uh xbox um game pass games lately i feel like there was one that i was looking at um recently but again it's escaping me and i i think part of it is that very seldom do i see a big title i recognize i think the most recent one would be something like oh the avengers game right that like I was like, oh, that's coming to Xbox. That's awesome. Like I heard about that. I've heard lots of people talk about that. I will check that out for sure because it's included in my Xbox membership. And like it's silly to not have, you know, try it given that you've got access to this game that often costs like a hundred dollars everywhere else. Um, but then every other time I see these games, like, well, that looks interesting, but I've got I've never heard of it before. Cause it's usually like a small developer or something like that. And and mm-hmm. so I see them. And I do add them to like my play it later, but like, it's a good thing they let you have that list. Cause I'd never remember the name <laughs> of this, of this game where I saw a couple of screenshots and thought like, Oh, that looks kind of neat. Looked like a Tim Burton adventure. I was like, I'll give that a go. But like, I've never, I've not tried it yet, you know? So I don't remember what it is. I mean, if you're looking for uh, a more bite-sized experience uh, that you can jump in get a taste of and, and jump out, um, they just today launched uh, their ID at Xbox, independent, independent developers at Xbox uh, showcase. It's part of Summer Games Fest, and it's like 35 plus demos of uh, games that are going to be arriving over the next year or so. Oh, interesting. And there's a, a varying degree of, of different games there where you can experience everything from first person shooters to you know side scrollers. D- there's a bunch there. I have not gone through all of them. Like I said, it just launched shortly before we started recording and i last year really enjoyed jumping in because it's it's mostly indie games mostly unheard of games and gives you an opportunity to sort of look forward to some some indie games arriving in the next 12 months and it's very rare we get a slice or a preview of those types of games this in this far advanced and i i know not everybody wants to like you know 
get that preview and then have to wait. But I, I really like checking out stuff, you know, work in progress type stuff and, and seeing where developers are at. I, I really enjoy that. So if you're looking for more, you know, bite-sized previews of, of what may be coming to Game Pass over the next 12 months, like that might be a good opportunity as well. Nice. No, I'll check. I'll check that out. Um, the one that I noticed just this morning, which I, I know the title, I've seen it played a couple of times, was uh, Fall Guys. I've seen. Right. I, I saw that is now on Xbox as well. Wars and previously it wasn't like it was expensive, but it was like I think it was like a Steam only thing. Um, but uh, yeah, there's it, I, there's definitely a variety. Like sometimes you know I'm just not in the mood for like dark Assassin's Creed stuff, and like Fall Guys is like the exact opposite. <laughs> You know, it's just bright and colorful and all that kind of stuff. But that that's where kind of I've kind of like I, I've uh, only so much I can take in, and and I'm usually Xbox focused because that's the only system that I have access to outside of the PC. And I am generally looking for stuff that's also available for Game Pass on PC. So when it you know if it, if it's something where like well I'd never play that on the Xbox, or if it's something that I'd like to play and stream, and I realize oh it's part of Game Pass on PC as well, I think well this is great. I have access to it. I don't even have to buy it. Like, absolutely, I could I could try that on stream and see how it goes. What else have you seen coming in, in gaming news for like other platforms and, and other titles? The other big platform in the room would be PlayStation with their, they have their state of play presentations. They've taken more of a Nintendo approach to basically announcing chunks of news uh, or focusing on one big game at a time. And, you know, they did not do the typical... Uh, E3 presentation of like, here's all our stuff coming in the next year and a half, you know, the big hype presentation of like, here's all our big updates. Um, But they, you know, they did a one more focused on third party. They had some big Last of Us announcements as part of State or Summer Games Fest, uh, which saw a complete remake of The Last of Us Part One, which will be arriving on PlayStation 5 um, and later uh, on PC. So it's coming September for PS5 and probably by before the end of the year on PC, which is a first for that franchise. Um, a lot more PlayStation games that are coming to PC. You know, they announced Spider-Man, the two Spider-Man games that they have coming to PC, um, the first coming in August, and then I think Miles Morales coming out in the winter, which again, I, you know, seeing all their other franchises bringing those to PC, I figured they would hold on to Spider-Man like no other, but uh, Spider-Man's coming to PC. So those who don't have PlayStation platforms will be able to check that out. It's a fan, probably the best Spider-Man game you could ever play, let alone the best comic book uh, game. Like I think it even just beats Arkham Asylum just by a hair. Uh, those wow. Arkham games are really good, but those Spider-Man games, you know, you, you can't, I mean, you can't really compete with the fact that it is, you know, on a new generation of hardware as well. So you kind of right. have to take that into effect. Um, you know, Capcom's got a bunch of Resident Evil projects. If you're a fan of Resident Evil, now's a good time. Uh, Lou and I are going to be talking about all the Resident Evil announcements um, on Zamp this week. Uh, I think they they announced a remake of Resident Evil 4. They announced upgrades to the remakes for 2 and 3, as well as 7. Uh, Village is going to be getting VR mode, which I am not going near. Um bunch of dlc for village as well so so that'll be fun um you know final fantasy 7 they're celebrating their 25th anniversary and they announced like four or five different final fantasy 7 games so if you're a fan of final fantasy 7 this is your well the next couple of years are going to be fun for you <laughs> um 
I mean, for me, like the big announcement was confirming the second part of the remake would be coming uh, next winter. So winter 2023, uh, which, you know, I I've never really finished a full Final Fantasy game until Final Fantasy seven remake. So I'm really looking forward to rebirth. Uh, it's kind of weird that they took the original Final Fantasy seven and have now, you know, relaunched it as three as what will be three separate games. So it's interesting in that uh that effect but you know they're well done so i, I they've they've proven that it's a, a solid strategy and other than that like we're still waiting for nintendo nintendo has not had their you know traditional june nintendo direct where they talk about all their products that are coming over the next year they still usually do that but um we're now two weeks out from the traditional e3 week so uh, we have not seen it yet although they have a pretty strong slate of games that are scheduled between now and the end of july so they might be looking to discuss those projects you've got fire emblem warriors three hopes coming at the end of this month actually friday and then xenoblade chronicles 3 which will launch at the end of july and uh, they did actually announce a direct for xenoblade chronicles 3 which will be occurring tomorrow on wednesday and that is likely a signal that they're preparing for a proper Nintendo Direct to kind of get like the, you know, the big releases that are already scheduled to come out, give them their marketing due, and then start looking forward to the rest of the year. So uh, we're not out of the E3 news cycle yet, but Nintendo is super quiet on that front. So it's, you, you can't really blame people for sort of wrapping it all up and being like, all right, video game news is done. Um, but it, it's better than last year where I think they spread it out across the whole summer. Right. And really, I think the industry has tried to focus back towards like the first half of June with their announcements, um, which I really appreciate because I think it's just it's easier to get it all out in June and, you know, still have some announcements spread out throughout the summer. But a majority of the stuff being announced uh, in the first half of June. I mean, that's where Mojang likes to do their releases and announcements as well like you'll have uh the wild update that just came out june 7th uh they usually have these updates happen so far not that they have i guess a strict track record that they stick to because they they tend to you know kind of release things when they're done but uh it, it it's usually before the northern hemisphere is out for school for the summer and then again if there is another update then it's usually somewhere in december just before christmas holiday right and um the news cycle for for minecraft and mojang stuff is just constant throughout the year like there's once they make an announcement like the next time we'll probably get a, a hint at what's happening in the future there could be like a little 0.2 or 0.3 update you know which is mostly bug fixes sometimes they add features most of the times they tweak features in those point you know updates but for minecraft 1.2 or 1.20 we won't get that until or if they do an announcement at Minecraft Live in October. But like some of the things that they talk about at Minecraft Live in October could happen in the Christmas season. And if not, then we might get something new. Like we might have news of what's coming at Christmas time earlier in the summer. You know, like we might start getting snapshots, you know, weekly snapshots, you know, later in the summer. Again, the wild update only just came out. So I'm, I'm not like champing at the bit for what's next. I'm, I'm more interested in exploring what's current and new and brand new this month and, and how to explore all that kind of stuff. But uh, I do find it interesting, like the the difference in news cycles for consoles and games that are 
kind of like, you know, an experience. Like you pick it up, you start it. There's a beginning, middle, and end. You know, you hopefully you beat the game or enjoy your time doing it. And then you're off to a different game. Whereas Minecraft is just the sandbox thing that it's been around for 10 plus years and is just constantly iterating and changing throughout the year. And I find that it's so interesting that we just get, it's not like it's a news dribble, but we get pretty steady tweaks and changes throughout the entire year. And then big, big announcements and big sweeping changes like twice a year for Minecraft. Whereas, you know, with this kind of stuff, I find like I'm only ever tuning in like kind of close to holiday. And then again, you know, summer's around what used to be E3 time just to kind of see what's, what's going on. I know that you're like a, a Nintendo fan. So is there anything that you are anticipating Nintendo to, to announce in the coming weeks? Uh, well, you know, um, I, I'm a big fan of Fire Emblem and there were some rumors slash leaks of a possible new entry in the Fire Emblem franchise. I mean, that's, I mean, it's Nintendo, it's any platform holder that is going to be like, uh, is there a new Halo in development? I mean, probably, even if it's just a word doc that says next Halo dot doc. I mean, like <laughs> it's, it's being worked on, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, uh, so it's it's weird to say like I'm looking forward to the next Fire Emblem game. I I could say that about any franchise that I adore, but um, there have been some leaks and rumors uh, of a new Fire Emblem game being close to uh, announcement since it as it's leaked or as it's rumored to be complete. Um, Nintendo is a developer that tends to finish a game and just hold on to it until there is a a proper uh, you know slot in the schedule. Um, so I am looking forward to that. Uh, I feel like, you know, to get more info about Breath of the Wild 2 would be nice. Uh, it was delayed out of 2022 into uh, 2023. So to have, you know, more information on that, it's it's very weird. Like they announced that game in 2018. And I think we have maybe a total of less than 10 minutes of footage and a majority of it is the the cutscenes that are in the game. Uh, no story, no, you know, there's some gameplay, but again, it's like, it's clips. So there's no context to it. You, you don't really know like, well, is this gameplay or is this just a, you know, in-engine cutscene? It's it's very hard to, to tell. So, you know, those are the two big ones that I'm anticipating updates on. And uh, also finally maybe getting some information about Metroid Prime 4. Um, there was a joke going around uh, earlier this month. Uh, this was the fifth anniversary of the the logo for Metro Prime 4. Uh, they actually announced it five years ago this month. And um, you know they had to scrap development, start over. That was a bit of news a couple years into development. So to I think to see that game again would be nice. But Nintendo has gotten really good at, outside of a couple of exceptions, really good at developing... I wouldn't say in secret, but just developing in their own time and fashion. And then when it's close to release, announcing it and, you know, showcasing it then. Uh, but like I said, there are exceptions like Breath of the Wild 2 was announced four years ago. Metroid Prime 4 uh, was announced five years ago. There's there's a lot of examples where they don't do that, but there are definitely a lot of examples where they, you know, develop behind the scenes. And when they're ready to show it, they announce it and show it at the same time. So it can be tough to predict Nintendo, but I feel like there are some projects that have been in development for a while that could use some updates for sure. 
seeing that criticism online when Starfield was first announced in like 2018 or 2019 or something like that. And it was like a cinematic with a voiceover. And you're just kind of like, but it doesn't tell you anything. Like, and there's all this hooping and hollering. And it's like, but it they didn't share any information. Like, it's just like, we have a new game. It's called Starfield. That's uh, all we got. You know, it's sci-fi, obviously. It's in space. But like, I, I feel like um, a lot of these developers, they announce these things so early. And the world at large is so impatient with this kind of stuff. I I prefer the way that Nintendo does it, which is just like, we're going to wait until, I mean, most of the time with, you know, exceptions that you've mentioned that they just wait until like, you know, Mario Kart 12 or whatever they're on is just like close to ready. We have trailer, you know, we, we know we're not gonna have to push things back. You know, all that said, we had the experience in 2021 uh, with Mojang, not only splitting the caves and cliffs update in two, but also taking part of it, which was the deep dark and moving that into the wild update. So originally this entire update was supposed to be June of last year. And instead we got 117 in June, which was most of the blocks. Then we got 118 in Christmas time, which was all the terrain changes. And then now 119 has come out. Uh, and that includes the, the deep dark with some other things on the surface, like mangrove swamps and and frogs and chest boats and things and all, all of them are great updates like i'm not complaining but mojang had to kind of massage the landscape of the followers and fan base and let them know like why there was a delay you know obviously there's it's a big undertaking things were either not going as they had planned throw in the pandemic with all of that um i remember an interview with i think one of the lead developers on on starfield saying like look we don't want to rush this. Like we want this to be done right. We don't want to have any hiccups. We don't want to have to push a release date again. So like, we're not giving a specific release date. We're saying 2023 when originally we said, you know, November, 2022. And I mean, I'm, I'm not, I don't want to complain. Like I, 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 I think that it's better that I think the gamer population get used to release dates that are very far away uh if developers are going to continue to announce these games when they are like in the early phases of development and i don't yet know the purpose of that like i if it's four years away you're not selling consoles with it you know like no one's buying an xbox series x knowing that starfield is coming when they don't know you know like they're buying you know these these consoles to play games now on them you know, and, and, uh, so I, I, while I am patient and, you know, as a creator myself and, and knowing, you know, how hard, you know, some of these developers work on these projects specifically because we, we've interviewed some people from Mojang on the spawn chunks. Um, like I, I certainly would rather them have a healthy work environment, make a good game that they're proud of and when they release it have it just blow up the world you know rather than trying to get it done too early or having to always push it back because all that ends up is just it just makes gamers roll their eyes in my opinion you know and say like oh god they pushed it back again this is probably going to suck anyway you know like i feel like there's a lot of negativity that builds up around that kind of stuff when people are constantly pushing stuff back so i don't know if the gamers are getting used to these long, long waits, you know, for, for things to come out. But, um, I guess we'll see with, you know, now that, you know, Xbox and, and Microsoft are potentially taking over Activision Blizzard, like 
there's going to be existing properties where you're not necessarily going to have to be waiting for the next new thing. It'll be like the next sequel or the next installation of or DLC for, and that will hopefully tie, tie people over. I think, you know, a majority of video game enthusiasts are, are really looking at delays as a good thing as opposed to a bad thing. Of course, there are going to be folks that react negatively to to a delay, but um, more recently with Cyberpunk 2077 being delayed a lot, but then also shipped in a broken state on, um, frankly, like consoles that uh, were were still owned by millions of people. You know, the, when it launched, the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One were still... You know, uh, those base models were still owned by by millions of people and still are today. And I think that incident, as well as some, you know, lesser, uh, not lesser, but like lesser known, you know, uh, games that were shipped, like sometimes there are bad games that if they got delayed a year, they still weren't going to meet that target. But there are a lot of games like specifically with Cyberpunk 2077, it was delayed a lot and then it shipped in the state that was not satisfactory, a lot of bugs, you know, a lot of broken promises. But, you know, I think that example has really educated both developers and video gamers on, you know, a delayed product. And we see this quote a lot, and I'm probably going to butcher it, but it's it's from, you know, it's actually from Nintendo. It's from Shigeru Miyamoto, where he says, you know, a delayed game is good forever, where a rushed game is, is, is bad forever. Again, mm-hmm. butchering the quote, that's not it. But it's close to that. I totally get that. Well, folks, that's probably where we're going to wrap up this episode of the Citadel Cafe. You can get more information about the show and links to some of the things that we talked about at the CitadelCafe.com. Music for the show was composed by Kevin McLeod. You can email us at the CitadelCafe at gmail.com or find the show by name on Twitter. Subscribe for free on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and YouTube. Word of mouth is one of the easiest ways to support the show. Just tell friends about the Citadel Cafe and where they can go to listen to it. If you're so inclined, you can also support us on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash the Citadel Cafe. You'll have a chance to join the member-only Discord and have access to the Barista Cut audio bonus sessions. A special thanks to Bean Counter Patrons, Smurf588. Really appreciate your support, my friend. Thank you so much for keeping that going patron count is at 27 which is steady on from last week our goal is to increase that one every time we record if you'd like to be number 28 visit patreon.com slash the citadel cafe my name is joel duggan you can find everything i am doing online including my illustration and design portfolio at joelduggan.com you can listen to my other podcast that i mentioned all about minecraft at the follow me at joel duggan on social media and joel duggan on twitch where i stream from the citadel minecraft server friday saturday and sunday and i have the lego optimus prime to put together and i'm going to be streaming that so keep an eye out on twitter for when that goes live and hopefully i will see you there ryan dude thank you so much for coming on the show i know it's uh, it's a bit of a tight day for you but always great to have the gaming knowledge swing by the Citadel cafe uh, where can people find you and all the cool stuff that you're doing Right. So you can follow me on Twitter at R Murphy. And if you're looking for my podcast, all the links are at tgistudios.com. You'll find the gamers in zombies ate my podcast that I do with Lou, another TCC contributor and uh, dungeons and diapers where I podcast with uh, another friend of mine who uh, is also a dad. And we talk about parenting and, and geek life. And I think our latest debate was whether or not Godzilla 98 
not that it was good or bad, but whether it was not okay for uh, a six-year-old. And I, I think it's so cartoony that it was fine and Caden didn't have nightmares, which is usually my bar for whether a movie is... It's it's so tough with movies and video games and everything. Like I think every kid is different. And if Lou were here, he'd say I was watching zombie films at the age of six months old. So we we have a great time on Dungeons and Diapers and and uh, we we really look forward to uh, every new episode. But yeah, you can find all that at tgistudios.com. And I do appreciate uh, you having me back on the show. It's good to see that it, it, we were in a within two months as opposed to within two years. So that's good. <laughs> right. That's it's my new, it's my new MO schedule hangouts with friends, even if it's virtual, but just trying to make sure that that happens and it doesn't just like, oh, yeah, we should do that soon. Soon is not a time and place. Give me a time and place and we will do the thing. The plight of life when all of the friends have minions that they have to take care of. You've been listening to the Citadel Cafe, where we are fast, easy, and cheap, but you can only pick two. 